When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Movie Crush Halloween Horror Square Table Edition Part 2 with Annie, Hi. J- Joe, hey, and Ramsey. Hey. <laughs> Do you realize this table isn't square? Well, this is a parallelogram, but... Uh, it's a rectangle. rectangle. Yeah. What, is, isn't every square a rectangle, or is it the other way around? Every square is a rectangle, but not every rectangle is a square. Oh, Joe. <laughs> oh, no. Leave. <laughs> Go to New York. <laughs> Go find Noel. You're both dead to me. <laughs> In a very inventive uh, way, though, I'm going to put Yeah, it. if I was dead to you, how would you kill me? Yes, I would put a <laughs> pitchfork, but just one tine through your temple. Okay. Oh, whoa. I would bend it out and just yeah. insert oh, one wow. tine very gently. <laughs> kill me with a square. Very gently. I like that. All right, you guys. So we're going to talk this time. Um, let's just start talking about what we've watched this month because I put the charge out a few weeks ago to kind of, you know, start watching some slasher picks. And I, as we talked about on the last time, have not seen a ton of these. And so I was able to watch uh, three over the past three nights, a movie called The Burning, mm-hmm. which I can't wait to talk about. Um, a little movie called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre for oh, yeah. the first time. Ooh. And uh, I think everyone's favorite, The Prowler. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, has anyone seen The Burning? Yeah, yeah. I just watched it last week, actually. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, I so I mean for what it was. I had very mixed feelings about it. I think I would have had a more pure enjoyment of it if Weinstein's name was not yeah, all was over the opening credits, sure. yeah. which totally gave it, is it there consensual it. sex yeah. in that movie? Oh yeah, all the I mean obviously yeah, it's got like people pressuring each other for sex constantly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah you, you could not help but think of that. It was it was the very first movie from the Weinstein brothers. Uh Bob wrote it, co-wrote it. Harvey, it was his idea and produced it, and it was the very first Miramax film, yeah. I think. And um, and I think actually one of the allegations against him took place during the filming of that movie. Yeah, apparently when he was like 28 years old and he was a creep already. Yeah. So Ugh. he wasn't just an old man creep. Uh, so obviously that that's aside, a major <laughs> – <laughs> That is great. <laughs> like brings a lot of psychic badness to the experience. For sure. But, uh, but if, I, if I'd never known about any of that stuff, yeah. a lot of it – it could have been a pretty enjoyable slasher experience, especially because it has got the most charming cast. It's got J- yeah. young Jason Alexander, Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter Fisher Stevens, the guy who plays the bad guy in the 90s movie Hackers. Yeah, the kid from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was the movie debut of Jason Alexander, Holly Hunter, and Fisher Stevens. And that's important to talk about because a lot of these slasher movies have really bad actors in them. 
But this one stands above it because they were young, but they were all really fucking good actors. Oh, yeah. Like Jason Alexander was great. He was like – it was like having George – like young George yeah. with hair. <laughs> up totally. on the, he was still Jason Alexander. He's electric in that movie. He Every really is good. Every scene he's in is amazing. And that, I think that makes the difference in the movie for me. Um, Annie, you haven't seen it, but it is about a uh, the legend of Cropsey from uh, the New York area, I believe, is where Cropsey first popped up. Um, but it, you know, it's it's the familiar trope of person is killed or something bad happens to them in a prank, and then years later they come back to take their revenge. Of course. So he's like a janitor, and some kids at the camp oh, as a prank yeah. they accidentally set. Well, they're trying to scare him with like a skull with candles in it. Right. But they end up setting fire to his bed. He gets burned nearly to death, and then many years later he comes back. He gets out of the hospital, and he comes back. That for hospital revenge. scene is great too, man. There was yeah. so much tension in that. Oh yeah. When he's trying to get the guy to look at the body. Yeah. He's like for five minutes he's going, "I've never seen anything like it in <laughs> all my years." Pages <laughs> <laughs> of dialogue. This is going to haunt you till the. <laughs> rest of your life. You got to see this. See <laughs> and that guy was just like, I don't know. He's like, you want to be a doctor? And I was like, the guy's 50 years old. <laughs> is he not a doctor yet? <laughs> you know, I will say about the well, the, the funny thing is after that, he goes and gets an apartment. Oh, so right. He, he get, like, go no, he goes, well, no, he goes and he murders or... a prostitute for no apparent reason. Oh, okay. Yeah, I zero was... reason other than yeah. to show like the gardening shears, I think. Like, here's yeah. how I'm going to do it. Although, he just used uh, scissors, I think, in the yeah. first one, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, but the, the the special effects was what's-his-name again, right? Savini, was it? I think so. That would make sense. I mean, it's good special effects, yeah. Yeah, but I was impressed with the, the quality of the kills. Um, I just thought the whole movie was a lot of fun, Yeah, to be honest. I had never heard of it, and when I posted it on the Movie Crush, or, or the movie crush page— it was like evenly split between people who had never heard of it and people that were like, oh, man, the burning, like one of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, one one thing I will say about it that actually for me added to the fun uh, when we were watching it at our house is that the secondary cast is lovable, but like the main characters are just kind of dead in the water. But yeah. somehow I love that in Slasher when, yeah. there's like, when there's like a dopey lug dude sort of at the top of the cast uh-huh. who you can just make jokes about the whole movie. Yeah. And it, and my review at the end was that the melted guy definitely deserved to kill this guy. Uh, are you talking about the super rapey like no, 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 the the main guy, the, oh, like oh. the good guy in yeah, the movie, the, like the soap opera star. Yeah, he went on to be in soap operas. He it turns out he was a kid when he was young, and he was part of the you that was know, a good twist team of boys that pull. Well, spoiler alert! But, yeah, I mean, it's a very old <laughs> a little movie. Too late. <laughs> um, and he and so he like burned this guy, and you'd expect that he should feel bad about it, but it seems instead like he's been spending this whole time telling stories that explain why well that janitor yeah, deserved to get exactly. burned, like spread. The legend that he helped create. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I was like, I wanted Cropsey in the end to to kill him. But I did too. No, no. no. <laughs> I wondered about the, that. The lug one. <laughs> uh, I think we can uh, agree that the raft scene is like one of the better horror movie scenes, uh, slasher pick scenes. I think so. Yeah, that was pretty wonderful. Oh, where the guy got his fingers chopped off, I was like, whoa. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. Fisher Stevens. That was Fisher Stevens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what have you been watching, Annie? What did you do to prepare for this? Uh, well, I for the like two months, September and October, I just watch horror movies all really? the time. Yeah, so I, it wasn't yeah. even an ask for me. Right. I was already doing it. I was like, wait a minute. We just talked about this two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's how to live. It, it's the only way to live. Uh, so I have my classics that I always watch, like Halloween, um, Psycho, Scream, one through three. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, two was here in uh, at Agnes Scott. I know. And my I, wife worked on that. Oh, well. Oh, man. She was the production coordinator. I love two. Yeah. I actually really enjoy three, even though it's not that great of a movie, but I love Parker Posey so much. I'm like, yes! this is, yeah. this yes, is everything. For sure. We just <laughs> she watched. She so great in that. We yeah. watched the first three Scream movies again last year, I think, and the, the shocking thing was how much better three was than I remember. Three yeah. is really funny. It's hilarious when they're, like, doing their little duo trying to get to the bottom of things, yeah. and then they meet Carrie Fisher, and yeah. Carrie Fisher's oh, got such right. attitude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What is it about these movies that you can watch or we can all watch over and over? I think there's the kind of, um, for me, there's just this, it helps me get in this Halloween tradition. It's my thing. I get in the mood. I I have scenes that I love and I'm looking forward to it. Uh And also, since I said in the last episode, Scream was my first kind of entry Mm -hmm. into Slasher. It just has a special 
It's almost like these are our old friends in some ways. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And and like I do love because um, as we were talking about in uh, the last one, the final girl, Sydney is one of the first final girls that's kind of more uh, strong. She's stronger yeah. in the decision she makes um, and in the way that she survives. And uh, there's something about that I just really appreciate. And it's always making fun of all these other movies I've seen. Yeah. Which I feel like I'm in on the joke. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. They always do this silly thing. <laughs> Nev Campbell's got a great understated performance in those movies. Like I agree. She's, yeah, she she does really good with that role. She's got a kind of a, a knowingness about her where she's kind of one step ahead even of the script. Does well, that make sense? She's smart in the movie. She never comes across as a dumb – uh, a dumb character. Yeah. And I think that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I could go on about those movies forever. But I also watched Hatchet for the first time. Oh, okay. <laughs> which was not what I was expecting at all. That's, That's like the a fun thing fest, about. Right? Oh, gosh. I feel like horror movies are so interesting when you talk about reviews, Amazon reviews, because most oh, movies right. I'm like a four star or above. But horror, I could be like a 2.5 to a. At five. Right. It's hard to say. Hatchet had four stars on Amazon. <laughs> and so I went in with a certain set of expectations. And uh, <laughs> was it not good? I, I I think it might be. I just wasn't in that mindset. It, to me, right. it was like really bad. Maybe it's enjoyable as a bad horror movie. But yeah. I mean, that can be a thing. We all have acknowledged that uh, horror movies and especially slasher movies are they're so their own genre that um, I went back and read a couple of reviews of uh, of uh, The Burning and The Prowler, and some people get it and some people don't and say, like, this is terrible. Like, you know, serious film critics are more apt to say, like, this is awful. <laughs> and then you go on, like, Den of Geek or Fangoria or something, and people are like, oh, what are you talking about? This is, like, slasher heaven. I don't – I mean, I feel like a lot of the – when you read a lot of mainstream – critical reviews of slasher movies that are like this movie's bad and they talk about the ways that it's bad. I just feel like it's like – Those are the ways that it's good? It's well, No. I mean uh, in a way it is, yeah, if you're like looking for laughs. But it's also kind of like criticizing a beagle for like having bad grammar. You, you know, you're just like totally missing the point. Like right. people don't watch these movies because they're good movies. They're yeah. looking for a compelling drama. You know, with, with a couple of them, there are actual good movie qualities. Mm-hmm. You know, they might be thoughtful. They might be interesting. You, you feel for the characters. Characters and their suspense, but again, like I feel with like you can count those movies on one hand. Yeah, there's there's some kind of other type of experience. Watching a slasher movie is probably more like going to a haunted house. Yeah, you know, you're totally. Not, it, it's a more uh, visceral experience, and it's a more social experience. At least for me, I mean, I. I would almost never watch a slasher movie by myself. I've had to because Emily doesn't watch these. So the past three nights have been a little weird, you guys. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me out in the darkened living room watching these I'm movies the alone. Boat. I'm in the same boat. I'm in under yeah. my, like, man, my office man cave. Which yeah. Is you want to watch it with a bunch of friends. Yeah, yeah. I've done yeah. it before and it's way less fun. I mean, I almost never do it. I, I pretty much if I'm watching a slasher movie, it's Rachel and me or it's me and some friends. Right. And we, yeah. That's the only way to do it because they're the kind of movies Movies that you talk over, that sure. you make jokes about while sure. you're watching, yeah. it's that kind of thing. You rewind the, the best kills and mm-hmm. and talk about those. Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, if you do that by yourself, it's a little weird. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm in the same boat as Joe. I, I pretty much, if I'm going to watch a slasher flick, it's going to be with friends or anything, you know, that type of environment. But prepping for this, it was mainly you know, me just at my computer watching it because <laughs> Carrie does not watch slasher flicks at yeah. all. Yeah, I, Emily, I thought I had her last night, and she was like, oh, well, which one are you watching? Because she likes Scream, mm-hmm. and she, she liked Nightmare on Elm Street, but that's kind of where it ends. Uh, and I said I was watching a movie called The Prowler, and she just went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> this Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. 
For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Electricity has always been synonymous with power. And in the BMW i4 M50, power is more refined than ever. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Listen carefully and you'll make out the sound of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper. Experience the rush of pure performance as BMW M-Engineered handling takes you through every twist and turn. And elevate each moment of your drive with a suite of cutting-edge technology, including a BMW Intelligent Personal Assistant that gets smarter with every interaction. I've started guidance. And the most advanced iDrive operating system yet for the most powerful vehicle of its kind. Introducing the BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. But should we talk about the Prowler? Because we all saw sure. that, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk about it. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't love it. I thought it was okay. I liked it. More afterward, upon reflecting on it a little bit more, but I will say that the the conceit of a World War II veteran didn't do a lot for me. I wasn't super creeped out, and that's an inherent problem with a slasher pick. If you're really not super scared or creeped out by the the killer, then it's not going to add up to a whole lot. And he didn't really creep me out that much. Uh, I mean, I thought the design of the suit was kind of creepy. I don't it know. It was cool. I, It'd be a good Halloween costume. Yeah, like the way the – it's like the collar goes up over the face or something. I mean, again, this goes with the tradition of the masked yeah. killer, right? And here the mask was more just kind of like – it was sort of like a hood that was sort of pulled over the face and mm-hmm. came up from the collar. Uh, and so their their outline, the killer's outline as a silhouette was kind of cool. I, yeah, I don't know. It, it was unique, I thought, in that – it actually made the villain of the story uh, like a troop, you know, uh, uh, a a a veteran of a war. I mean, it seems like that was a risky move. Normally, you wouldn't yeah. think about doing that. I read about that too. Even you'd get criticized. Yeah, especially when it came out, it was still that generation was yeah. not to be fucked with. Yeah, uh, even in jest, like you didn't mess around with the greatest generation like that. So mm-hmm. it was definitely risky. That first kill, like, I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, I know I was watching a Tom Savini film, but I double kill Pitchfork going right through both of them. I was, was like, pretty good. I was like, wow. <laughs> so, this is Why what's going to happen. though? That was never explained. Like, he yeah, wasn't. I was very confused by yeah, it. Yeah, like, he wasn't a farmer. <laughs> I like had to the, look up the description afterwards. Like, did I miss, like, did I miss <laughs> some kind of emotions? He's, he's putting his bayonet in. He's gearing up to go kill people, prowl or whatever you want to call it, and then he grabs a pitchfork. I'm like, <laughs> he has all these World War II knives I and know, stuff. Yeah. It should have been all World War II oh, era weapons. Rachel made the joke that he was like part of the 101st Pitchfork Division. <laughs> <laughs> the fighting pitchforks. Yeah, uh, yeah. That I thought that was a little weird and didn't really work for me because you can only think of like – that he just wanted to use a pitchfork, the director. Yeah. yeah. Like there was yeah. no good reason for it. Again, I think this might be one of those things that's ultimately dictated by the makeup effects. It's yeah. like you try to – you figure out what makeup effects you can do and then you work backwards to the set pieces in the film. Well, that was the th- one of the things that I read about the Prowler was it was designed – the shooting schedule des- was designed around the effects. Like right. they were like, OK, we're shooting this scene today where this person gets pitchforked. So, OK – Tom would just say, okay, this is how we're going to structure the shoot. Is basically structured around all the kills and all that. That makes sense. Um, it's kind of like another version of when you'd have like the Canon Films thing where you got a poster before you got a script. Right. You know, so it's like, okay, here's what's on the poster. How can we build a movie around right. that? <laughs> you got Chuck Norris <laughs> with a machine gun. You got this guy. Yeah. Uh, I did think when we talked about it in the last episode, the, the knife through the head and then 
the eyes rolling back. That really added a nice little touch, <laughs> I think. That was creepy, yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, I, I thought The Prowler, like most slasher movies, it does not really have merits as a drama. Mm-hmm. It's not really – it doesn't really have compelling characters. I thought it was a pretty funny experience and some some of the murders in it were shocking. I, yeah. Again, because the makeup effects were so good and like – uh, so it had that hot cold, uh, hot and cold showers kind of thing where, like, there would be scenes with characters acting stupid and there would be kind of bad acting and that was funny. And mm. then suddenly you get the knife in the head and the eyes rolling up yeah. and that was, like, really ugh. Yeah, the throat cut scene was pretty brutal too and uh, how long they lingered on it. And, like, you know, she was dead and he was still working that knife, you know, as deep as possible. Yeah. That was pretty brutal. Uh, <laughs> the, the I just wanted to go stay at the – Cape May Inn after seeing that house. Like, that's where I am oh, in yeah. life in my late 40s. <laughs> I was like, man, that place is fantastic. Oh, look at the design. It's in Cape May, New Jersey. And I was like, oh, man, you can actually stay there? That's, that's wonderful. The bathroom in it, I think, it was like the be, uh, it was like the bathroom in the hotel in The Shining. It had that same green color oh, on the yeah. tile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite parts, too, was the uh, during the dance when, <laughs> when the lady comes in. And she's like, by the way... Uh, there's a prowler outside. <laughs> yeah. So let's all just stay in here and keep the party going. Oh, but dude, that <laughs> don't go outside. And everyone's like, I'm going outside. <laughs> that yeah. band in the movie was banging. That, that no, was, they were pretty good. It was great. I was band. wondering who that was. Yeah. I, I meant to look that up. They were not bad. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty funny part. But that's kind of the fun in slasher movies is some of the ridiculous moments like that. Real quick, Joe brought up when I know we didn't talk about the last episode. I wanted to bring up was like poster art. Yeah, every slasher film. I mean, I would go into my blockbuster or movie gallery or wherever I was getting my videos and basically pick slasher flicks or horror flicks based on the the poster art alone. Um, I mean, the Prowler Prowler's up there definitely, or you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, all those movies. I mean, they they. I think they spent more time on the poster art sometimes and the, the taglines than, than anything else. Oh, I want to ask you all if you had the same experience I did. But So I've talked to my co-host Robert on Stuff to Pull Your Mind and Invention about this. We both had this experience of being young and being too young to rent R-rated horror movies, <laughs> but just walking back and forth yeah. along the horror aisles at the video store. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Looking at all of the VHS box covers and imagining what the movies were from the, the box covers. Does this happen to you? Yeah, and there are certain movies when I was young, um, like – the poster scared me enough yeah. that maybe to this day I haven't seen that movie. Actually, Child's Play was a good example of that. I only saw that recently. But the poster scared me so badly when I was a child that I I, I thought about it. Yeah. I refused to watch it. Noel was talking about re-watching that with his daughter and how hysterically not scary it is. <laughs> no, not scary. But I was impressed with the doll effect. I was like, hey. I thought it was going to be much uh-huh. sillier than it was perhaps um, uh-huh. with the effects at least. Gotcha. Um, but Chucky, pull, he, they pulled it off? Yeah, they pulled it off. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> that's, the, that's the voice of Brad Dourif, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Great character yeah. actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, anything else on the Prowler? I mean, I'm looking at that face now. It is pretty, it is pretty scary looking. Yeah. yeah. But – I don't know. There was a G.I. Joe-ness about it because I played with those original 11-inch tall G.I. Joes when he was a World War II guy. Mm. And uh, I don't know. It it just wasn't the scariest killer to me. And the whole Rose thing, like I feel like they tried to introduce a couple of elements like the major's daughter was the one who was originally killed back in the day. Mm. And none of that really felt – it felt just sort of like it was thrown in there. It didn't really like impact me as a viewer. Yeah, that's I was confused, which is not a good thing. <laughs> I was a little confused too. I, like, I didn't wait. know if it was just me. No, I was confused. And in fact, the first time I watched that movie, I thought I clicked out of it because it opens with like a World War Two yeah, yeah. propaganda uh-huh. thing. And yeah. I was like, what is what it's is like, this? Am I watching the right movie? <laughs> yeah. It was a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of appreciate what they were trying to do, but yeah, I don't think it worked. Yeah, I didn't fully get that the prowler had been broken up with. Oh, and yeah. that's yeah. why he, that's oh, why that's he wanted funny. to kill everybody. That was clear yeah. to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was away at war, and his girlfriend uh, sent him a dear John letter. Yeah, and she had a new boyfriend now. When he came back, he was very mad, and he killed people. And then thirty years later, he yeah, just thirty-five killed years pe- later, he, he just killed people again for some reason. Right, and it's the, the big... first time they had to dance again. Oh, oh that's true. It yeah. was the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
because uh, that's how serial killing works, right? You, yeah. You have to wait until that thing happens again, yes. even if it's 50 years later. Well, well, that's the thing that would be worth talking about is uh, the idea of motive in, in slasher movies. Right. I mean, how does the idea of motive play into— It's usually revenge, right? Yeah. It's, it often is. But then often— So there's somewhere it's like a mystery and it's yeah. inscrutable and, you know, you don't know until the end. And then you find out there's some motivation. There, there are occasionally some, I think, where there really is no motivation that makes sense. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's no clear motivation. They're just crazy killers. Yeah. Um, Did Michael Myers have a motivation? Yeah, that's... Well, see, no, that, he's a mystery. No. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is, like, it, what I was going to say is most of the time there's, like, the villain is someone who escaped from an insane asylum or something like that. And Michael Myers, like, and they, he goes to his house. Like, that's his only connection. He's a kid, kills his sister, goes to an insane asylum, escapes goes back because that's his place and right. he sees Jamie Lee Curtis dropping off a key or something like that and then he's like oh okay there's my target right yeah, so I there mean, is no really connection yeah, with anyone which made else. it scarier yeah, yeah. yeah. somehow yeah. But usually it's some sort of revenge, or I guess the trope is revenge from being bullied or something uh-huh. yeah um, that's well, why I like the burning is because it wasn't just well let me come back to kill people like you the big twist again spoiler is that that guy was actually one of the ones who was involved in his uh, disfigurement. Right. Yeah. He he fails to kill the guy who deserved he deserved to get revenge on and instead just kills a bunch of peripheral people. Sure. Right. Or in the case of the Prowler, the reveal that, again, spoilers, that he is the sheriff was really lame, I thought. <laughs> yeah. It was like yeah. a Scooby-Doo moment at the yeah. end. Oh, my God. It was well, so funny. It's I, like, it was oh, the sheriff all along. Him, huh? Okay. But there was no setup because, like, who is him? Like, yeah. was like the, he was going fishing, you know? He loves know. fishing and now <laughs> yeah. he kills people. Well, they kept – she's – I think the threat to the the other office, police officer yeah. was like, I'm going to call the sheriff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm going to get the sheriff I love that the deputy guy or whatever. His It was so clearly just that time in filmmaking where let's just put a sheriff's uniform on someone and that makes them a sheriff. Like, <laughs> this guy so was not a police officer. But I'm wearing the clothes. Oh, he's, he's like, like hitting all the, on all the girls that are at the oh, yeah. dance, he's, too. He's dancing with them. Dancing. Daytime TV hunk. Yeah. yeah. Also yeah. a cop. It's like, put him in a brown shirt oh. and that'll do. Oh, oh my the, God. His jaw was like a knife. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I want to say about, like on the parlor is like one of the things that you'll see in the franchise movies is like, are they dead? Like, is the villain yeah, dead? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. Last night, when I was watching the Prowler, and he gets the the shotgun, spoiler, shotgun to the face, and his head basically, Tom Savini's fashion, blows and explodes in, in a million pieces. I was like, that was great. He's yeah. dead. Yeah. He's yeah. not coming back from well, that. Well, but he, he, was, yeah. he also had already been shot, though. Yeah, and stabbed in the back with a pitchfork. But right. When, when yeah. they went full scanners on him, he, you know he's not coming back. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that yeah. was pretty great, I have to admit. Yeah. I wish it would have been a little, it was too quick. Yeah. The head explosion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was over bit. before yeah. you know it. Wanted so, it to linger yeah. there. Yeah. Just a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but getting back to you, are talking about the, um, the posters and advertising. Um, it's a good time to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I was – I'm of the age where I remember when that movie played in theaters. Um, what year did that come out? I think 1974. 1974, 74, yeah. 74. All right, 74. So I was three years old. But it, it played for many, many years because I remember, I remember hearing about this movie and it being such a cultural touchstone as being the scariest thing and the most depraved. Like I heard all these words as a kid and I didn't want anything to do with it. It scared the shit out of me just seeing, like, the little blips in the trailer. But just seeing it for the first time um, two nights ago, I can't imagine theater goers in 1974 seeing this fucking movie. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was not – nothing had ever been done like this, really. It's, it's still for shocking American today. Audiences. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. It really is. And it, like, it disturbed me. Yeah. yeah. It, it is the one that has stayed with me. It, it's probably my favorite slasher film, um, and it is one that I will watch every Halloween. I'll t- t- typically go back. Uh, the Plaza was playing it last night, um, and I'd missed it because I was watching The Prowler. And <laughs> um, not a good no. trade. Yeah, Aww. not a good trade, but I, I, I've seen it in the theater a couple of times. But, yeah, it is definitely something that will stick with you. And, wow. Um, it, it is intense, and it's just like like I mentioned the last episode, how it opens up. Like you feel like you are watching a documentary. Like yeah. you, you get yeah. into these people's lives, and you figure out 
And there's not a moment in that movie where you're feeling like safe or like feeling okay or clean or clean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's definitely. such a dirty, yeah. dank, sticky, gross movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a movie that I definitely respect. I would count it among the few slasher movies that I really do think are you could argue are very good movies. Yeah. Like I think kind of a brilliant cinematic achievement. But at the same time, I don't know if I want to rewatch it anytime soon. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely respect it. I I think it's interesting to think about, but it is a it is a horrifying experience. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, the, I will say the catharsis at the end. I think I already said this yeah. once, but it's unlike any other film I can think of. Like when she escapes in the truck at the end. It, it feels like you know, like landing after a jumping out of a plane or something. Like you just can't believe you made it. Yeah, you really. I mean, you root. How hard you root for characters to get out of a horror movie is can ebb and flow, but boy, you really want her to live. Sure. In yeah. this movie. Yeah, I saw it semi recently, like maybe for the first time ten years ago or so, and. Uh, Today, like, I really liked it. I thought it was really good, but it was disturbing, and I felt that, like, dirty. And just the way it's shot, it feels, like, really grainy. Yeah. And, like, you're in it, and you don't feel safe. I would definitely watch um, the older – if you can watch one of the older versions of it because they cleaned it up. And mm-hmm. in cleaning it up, you're just like – It lost It lost a lot yeah. of that appeal because I think I watched it on some, like, ratty VHS tape. Yeah. And so it had, like, the grit – more grit on it and – yeah, like you found something you weren't supposed to see. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's what it feels like. But, to, like, I get nervous thinking about rewatching it. I, and I have, and I like it, but it, it's that, it was that visceral of an experience yeah. that, like, it makes my skin crawl just thinking about watching it again. Yeah. I mean, Hooper was, he hit on something that no one had hit, quite hit on yet, I think. Uh, part, it wasn't found footage, but it sort of felt like that a little bit. Uh, with, like, you, we're talking about Ramsey with the documentary style opening. And um, it just, I mean, Leatherface, if it was just Leatherface, that movie would have been historic and legendary. But then I I didn't know about the third act. Oh, yeah. I I had no idea. I just thought it was Leatherface with Chainsaw. And I was watching the movie, and I was like, this is scary as shit. Leatherface is really scary. That first kill is so fast and, like— I was like, wow. I was well, like, that's it. Where he slams the, the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. This, that door slam is done. the creepiest part. Like, he just shuts the door. Like, yeah. you're oh, not gonna... and just so angry. It, yeah. Like, you could feel the rage. So I, I thought that was do. the movie. And then that third act is fucking bananas. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I, I have chill bumps right now thinking about it. With, I mean, he took it to a level that I didn't, I get why how Rob Zombie has like how much it, it's influenced him like the the hill, creepy hillbilly family thing, mm-hmm. but boy, can you imagine being a thirteen year old in nineteen seventy four and yeah. just being yeah. like, hey, this looks good again. Yeah. Nineteen seventy four. I mean, think about how stagey and hokey even yeah. a lot of the great horror films leading up to this point were. Yeah, uh, you know, horror films through the the fifties and sixties and all like you know the the giant bug atomic stuff and the, right. You mm-hmm. know, and so you you did have some I think you know creepy stuff in the early seventies. But when that hit, that must have been the level like jumping like they were still making the Hammer horror films mm-hmm. in 1974 with like you know Christopher Lee and Dracula right. and all that, uh, and so like that level of staginess that most people would associate with horror going to this like brutal, realistic feeling, terrible yeah. nightmare like Texas Chainsaw. I, I can't imagine people could have been prepared for it. It was a game changer. Yeah, and that I mean even just picking up the Hitchhiker guy. That that whole sequence had me so on edge because he was so unhinged. And I was just like the whole time, just like, why aren't they stopping and just saying, get out of the van? <laughs> There's like three, well, two guys and the guy in the wheelchair probably could have helped a little bit. Yeah. I was like, just stop the van and fucking get out. Leave. Like it shouldn't have gotten to the point where he was cutting his hand. This actually, though, plays on a great thing in a lot of horror movies and especially in a lot of slasher movies that I think sometimes we overestimate the the uh, or we underestimate the threshold at which we're willing to be rude. 
I you agree. Know, yeah. Yeah. Silence of the Lambs. What does he say? Like yes. totally. comment. Like yeah. if someone's following too close, and he'd rather not say anything. Right. Be polite. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is a tension that, like, I think we're all interested in seeing examples of in film, where like there's a situation of escalating discomfort, uh-huh. where like you should be trying to get out of the situation, but you don't want to go overboard. You don't want to hurt his feelings. Right. You don't <laughs> yeah. want to overreact and be rude. And like that's uh, there are things like that that happen in life. We've got these intense social pressures yeah. to not be rude well, and especially overreact. women. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing my My Favorite Murder shirt. Yeah. Karen and Georgia, they are always saying like, be fucking rude. Yeah. Like, do whatever you have to do to keep yourself safe. Sure. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, who cares about this dude's feelings? Well, how many people went and watched this movie and then it was like, I'm never picking up a hitchhiker again, no matter what. Yeah. Like, like, you're, you know, now. And that's the time when hitchhiking was like, yeah. you know, yeah. I didn't do it because I was three. <laughs> but um, it was it wasn't so far out of the question for like regular type people to hitchhike a little bit. Yeah, but I, yeah, not after this. Something I came across um, last night when I was I, I kind of just read up a little bit just to keep it fresh in my mind was like the fact is that these people got stranded, ran out of gas, and they went into the house. Yeah, they yeah. did not. They weren't staying in the house, and then so is no, they is, weren't being chased. They or weren't anything. being chased or anything like that. Yeah. So it's a good point. Is Leatherface technically in the wrong? Someone comes into stand your ground. Yeah, stand my ground. It's, it's like, an yeah. inverse home invasion. <laughs> oh like, you guys are coming in here in defense of Leatherface. Right. Oh <laughs> my god! Who the hell's this? Hammers the face, closed door, yeah, meat that's, hook. That's the film theory paper. I mean, in yeah, defense of Leatherface. Yeah, okay, it's, but it's like Texas, it's his property. They weren't invited. Oh my like, god. If the cops showed up, point. who would he side with? It's like, yeah. Well, technically, you guys are on his property. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that really creeped me out was how Leatherface was just so like. The way he moved, yeah. he yeah. was huge, oh. yeah. and um, his size was threatening. And just, you know, even at the end when, like, that great last shot when he's just holds the chainsaw up and is just writhing oh, his geez, body, yeah. like yeah. that little yeah. shimmy dance. Ugh, I'm getting yeah. chills again. That movie truly disturbed the shit out of me, guys. <laughs> yeah. I would, yeah. I would like, def- I get it. I would definitely take the time to look at, like, there's, like, some documentaries out there on the production of that. Like, I'd love to see that. Toby Hooper... Like this, those sounds at the beginning, like ee! yeah, like that's him. He would just sit around and record. I kept looking for a, a pig. I was yeah, like, where's or the something pig? like yeah. that. Like that's like that's all him figuring stuff out. He was like trying to make a documentary, or he had money from that, and he was just like, okay, I want to do this movie. Um, that dinner table scene, I I don't know. Like I just remember <laughs> that they were shooting for so long, and the hitchhiker was like. Grandpa, just hit her like that is real. Like he's like to that the point. That was so fucked. Up. That's like a twelve-hour shoot, and him saying, "Just hit him, yeah, hit him now." Like that's all. It's all real for some. Not real, but it's like they're they were pushed to that limit. As he far said, as, the cast was pretty mad at him. Oh yeah, for a while. After yeah, like everyone was movie. pissed. Everyone was <laughs> yeah. pissed. And if you listen, like it doesn't seem like there's an off switch on that hitchhiker character. Like you see interviews with him, he's that messed up. Oh, really? He's not going out killing. Cr- people or whatever but he's like you know you can definitely see that he's slightly unhinged wow and his his casting was 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 perfect as far as all the people in that yeah oh boy i thought grandpa was dead yeah at yeah. first i, I was like <laughs> oh they've got this body up there like norman bates style yeah. because there was a grandma that was dead right wasn't there like a skeleton too so. yeah. Yeah. yeah but then <laughs> i yeah. mean the scene the finger sucking oh, it's like are you, like what the fuck is going on in toby hooper's mind in yeah. 1974, <laughs> all, all those set pieces with the, the the skeletons. I think the the human bones are obviously fake, but like most of them were taxidermied just for particularly for that set and, f- and that like room full of feathers, feathers yeah. and stuff. He just like really knew real... how to like set a really disturbing scene. Yeah, ugh, I loved it though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like yeah. what, the great thing about slasher. And I, does it qualify as a slasher? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Okay. It is unusual in that it's a mechanized weapon, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he said that he saw a chainsaw. I think what was the story? He saw it in a store or something, and thought like that'd be a great way to kill somebody. <laughs> I'm surprised it hadn't been practical. done yet. <laughs> Have you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre two? No, that's oh, a geez. Dennis Hopper, right? Yeah, Dennis Hopper has a chainsaw shopping scene in that movie. That oh, really? Is like... Unbelievable! It's so good. <laughs> is the movie good? Actually, I think kind of yeah. Like it's. It, it it goes way more for comedy than the yeah. first one. It's not a straight horror film. It's say, more of a comedy horror. 
I'd okay. say take all your expectations of Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part One and throw those out the window because you're just—it's more campy and fun. Yeah. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Electricity has always been synonymous with power. And in the BMW i4 M50, power is more refined than ever. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Listen carefully and you'll make out the sound of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper. Experience the rush of pure performance as BMW M-engineered handling takes you through every twist and turn. And elevate each moment of your drive with a suite of cutting-edge technology, including a BMW intelligent personal assistant that gets smarter with every interaction. I've started guidance. And the most advanced iDrive operating system yet for the most powerful vehicle of its kind. Introducing the BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Should we talk a little bit about the role of camp and comedy? Oh yeah, in sure. horror and slasher movies. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean that. Yeah, that's front and center. It can be. Is yeah. it required? I don't think it's required, but kind of going back to something we said in the first one. I think you said it, Joe. There's this level of discomfort when you're afraid, and that's why a lot of people have that defense mechanism of you laugh when you're nervous. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm I my favorite genres are comedy and horror. And I think it's because that there's a level that I love the adrenaline and the release. So I think actually comedy and horror go really well together mm-hmm. because especially if they're building a lot of tension and you're watching it in an audience, there's just something about having that joke that makes it more acceptable and like, okay, we're safe. Like, it's okay. This is just a movie. We're going to be fine. Um, and some of my favorites are like the ones that, that make me laugh. And, yeah. And purposefully. Like, there is a place for bad ones, but the ones that know. Like, right. Let's add in this element, this funny thing to add, give some release. Yeah, it's almost like a, a bit of a dance, um, not only with comic relief, but uh, the very classic trope of, you know, you think it's going to be the killer, but it's the boyfriend tapping her on the shoulder. Absolutely. Right. Like, it's that... It can be done poorly, but if you really nail all that stuff, that's what makes them rise to the top, even if it's a B-movie. Cat scares, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. Cat jumps out of the closet <laughs> every time. <laughs> well, I mean, there's something to what you're talking about. So I, I wanted to mention a little bit, a, a theory that I read about. We talked about this one time on the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast, but about uh, the rise of slasher movies. A, a possible sort of cultural demand theory is that they sort of come out of the Grand Guignol tradition, which was like, you know, the Grand Guignol Theater in Paris 
was this place where from the late uh, – like the 1890s to like the 1960s, they would put on these theatrical productions mm-hmm. that were these melodramas that were super gory. Like they'd go out and like source actual animal parts from taxidermists and butchers and stuff. So, oh, wow. So you get get it you know, sounding just right when the eyeball gets gouged out and drops <laughs> on the stage. It's got to bounce right and stuff. Wow. Um, and the theory is that those sort of phased in at the same time that public executions were being phased out uh, oh. and that there, there's some kind of demand people have to have this like public social yeah. experience of seeing violence and gore enacted on people who maybe deserve it or maybe just kind of seem like maybe you just don't like them or something. Uh, but when they did the Grand Guignol tradition, they would very often not just show the melodramas with the eyeballs popping out and all of the realistic gore effects. They would alternate back and forth all night with this thing called hot and cold showers where they would show a, uh, a like a gory melodrama that was, you know, short and people would get impaled and all this stuff. And then they'd show a farcical comedy mm-hmm. and then they'd just go back Back and forth like that all night. So a horror movie just came along and did that in, when, in a single film. one story, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. There, there is something deep in all of our brains, I think. It's the same thing that uh, – I can't remember. There, there is a name for it though that uh, – and I think it's a French name where uh, the, the – like do you, when you go to a tall building, like thinking about jumping off of it or for me, and I know I've heard a lot of people echo this, is like when you see a, a cop – and you look down at their gun and you think, I could just grab that yeah. really quick. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is that weird thing in our brains? Oh, well, this is, again, something that, uh, like, if you have certain kinds of brain injuries or neurodegenerative diseases that erode the sort of inhibitory functions uh-huh. of, uh, I think, your frontal lobes mainly or temporal frontal lobes. But basically, if you, your, your brain inhibition regions get damaged or deteriorate over time, a lot of times people will engage in behaviors like jumping out of moving cars because I think it's the same thing. Like you get that initial impulse like I could just grab a cop's gun. Right. I could just jump out of a car. But if you've got your normal inhibitions uh-huh. working, then you're like, OK, no, I'm not going to do that. For some reason, I thought of it, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, yeah, so I wonder, like, what is the role of that uh, that initial impulse? Like, why do you have that impulse in the first place that has to be inhibited? And is it tied to wanting to see a public execution or the modern-day version of that, which is watching a slasher movie? Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of us are fascinated with death, even if we don't want to admit it, or we're always kind of thinking about how will we die, or eventually one day we will die. Right. Yeah. And that's like, as you said, it probably changed how you view these these horror movies. Because I'm closer to death? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say it. It's okay. Um, but it's like a way to kind of confront that, but the comedy helps you right. do it in a way that's less frightening. And I'm also a big believer that horror movies are... are um, commentary on what we are afraid of mm-hmm. as a society and what we have anxiety around. Yeah. And without directly saying like you're nervous about women coming to steal your jobs like it so having that thing that makes you laugh at it is I think if you have this tension or anxiety about things that you're not really confronting or you don't really know about mm-hmm. um a horror movie is a good way to kind of laugh at it or feel like relief a safer from way. it. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. I think you're totally right about, especially when you see these movies coming up in like the 70s. Yeah, that that it's like a huge part of what's going on in slasher movies and what uh, preceded them. I, I do want to talk about it at some point is like Italian Jallo movies. Yeah, uh, is this this macho kind of anxiety, uh, like male sexual neuroses. Fear about women gaining power. I would say in the the Jallo movies, which are these movies from the sixties and seventies from Italy that are like these murder mysteries where there's a killer with a razor blade and a trench coat mm-hmm. and you can't see their face, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and they very much are they they sort of I think led to the slasher tradition in America. They just emit fumes of frustrated sexual politics from men. Uh, the, you know, they're all – they're like simultaneously in awe of and resentful of women's power. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just watched um, 
Deep Red again because yeah. you suggested it. And I forgot about the whole, like, liberated women. We can't work oh, with them. They're terrible. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm going to watch in the next few days, I think. There's yeah. an arm Red. wrestling scene. Yeah. An arm wrestling scene. Really? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. right there in the movie. The, the male protagonist is all clearly he's he's threatened and frustrated by the idea of strong women. Mm-hmm. Where is the spin on that movie? Why haven't we seen a slasher movie uh, where the woman is the killer and is just killing the shit out of, uh, all, like, corporate douchebags. Well, there's, um, there were, like, uh, Alice, Sweet Alice was, like, a movie that came out in the 70s, and it was, uh, really? like, a little girl. And uh-huh. I started watching that because... Um, Annie's eyes went so wide. Yeah, I was just <laughs> like, no, it's, it's, I think it's on, it's on Amazon, um, but it's, it's gr- gruesome. Like, it is, it is creepy. It's a little girl who has a mask on, who... I guess her parents divorced and it just became a broken household and then she was like fascinated with death and, and all that. But it's pretty creepy. And then – Is there any revenge involved though? Um, I haven't got all the way through the film but like it, there really is no revenge. It's just like she's a bad, bad kid. Oh, the see. bad seed? The bad seed. Yeah. And, then you have well, that um, mask some of the scream, is, uh, creepy. Yeah, then you got oh some gosh. of the scream movies where the 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 villain is, I guess, her mom comes back or not yeah. her mom, but um, most I find most serial killers, female serial killers, are doing it in revenge of their child, usually their son. Yeah, uh, they're killing everybody. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because I guess Pamela J- Voorhees. Uh, yeah, exactly. Pamela, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is actually, I'm researching an episode on female serial killers right now, and that is one of the main difference between male serial killers and female serial killers is that female serial killers are usually doing it to protect children, sympathy, or altruism. Really? Yeah, they think they're doing you a favor. Is this for Sminty? Yes. Or Saver? (laughs) (laughs) We're taking a real weird turn on Saver. (laughs) When is that episode going to come out? Uh, I think uh, next week. Oh, okay. Yeah, for Halloween. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, you should listen to that. Maybe we should close with some recommendations. Um, Can everyone think of one slasher movie, or maybe just horror in general if you want to go that route, that may be a little underseen in your opinion that you could turn people on to? Underseen. I'll go with the burning. Yeah. Okay. Just I, I, I'm, that's one of my new favorite horror movies. I'm going to watch it again and again. Oh, I got to check this out. It's really yeah. fun. Okay. You'll have thoughts. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, yeah. I'm a sucker for a summer camp movie of any kind, whether it's oh, yeah. Wet Hot American Summer or the burning. You know. So obviously, if you're talking about like actually good ones, some of the answers are kind of obvious. Texas Chainsaw, Halloween, ob- obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of bad ones that are great, I really love some of the deep Friday the 13th sequels, especially oh, yeah. after Jason becomes undead. Yeah. Uh, those are those are just like camp candy and they are wonderful to behold. So what number would that start at? That starts around – well, let's see. Five is just awful and it's like it's – Well, it's not even Jason. Yeah, yeah. And five, yeah. it's a copycat serial killer. Uh, Spoiler, you find out at the end. Uh, there's a, it's oh, sorry. Sort, sort, well, no, it's okay. It's sort of like a Jallo movie. You know, you find out who the killer is at the end when they're unmasked. Um, but like – like part six is campy and hilarious. Part seven is great. He battles this the main girl, the final girl in part seven is psychic, and she's got uh, she's got telekinesis powers that oh, she wow. uses to battle Jason. Part eight, they go to Manhattan. Yep. Those are all Space, campy, hell, amazing, yeah. classic. Freddy, uh, fights Freddy. Yeah. Well, I've got a question. Oh, re- oh Freddy versus Jason. Freddy right? versus yeah. Jason. Yeah. I haven't seen. I, I need to see. All I don't movies. like <laughs> that one as much as I like the earlier late. If that makes earlier late uh, Friday sequels, but th- I've got this question about Jason in those movies. There's they make this big deal about unmasking him at the yeah. end of all the movies, even though you already know who he is. I always yeah. thought that was funny. Like there, so in the Jallo movies, they get unmasked, so you find their identity out. Right in the Jason movies and in other movies with a masked killer who's already familiar to, like at the end of Halloween, you, you know who Michael Myers is. You want to see mystery, their face, but yeah. yeah, the mask always comes off yeah. in the final confrontation. Why is that? Well, see, like in in F- Jason Final Chapter. Um, Zito was like told this is going to be the last Friday the 13th movie so do, do whatever you want <laughs> do whatever you yep. want so he went into it I'm going to kill the crap out of Jason mm-hmm. and you know uh, <laughs> so they saw his head in half Corey Feldman basically <laughs> shaves his head <laughs> and then goes after Jason with a with a with a machete and just 
goes to town and chops the crap out of him and unmasks him. Is like, oh, the one thing you haven't seen is Jason's face, and then obviously they show that, and it is it is brutal. I would put that up there as far as the camp level because that's when they really brought in. Um, you know, you, you got Crispin Glover and his oh, dance Crispin moves. Glover. Yeah. He's yeah. like, hey, oh, yeah. where's the bottle opener? And he gets stabbed right in the hand with the mm-hmm. bottle opener. Um, and then, you know, there all the is. other stuff. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, if Jason could talk, to, if, you know, right. it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Friday the 13th Part 4 has maybe the funniest scene in the entire series. And it's just where Crispin Glover dances oh, to geez. this, like, prog rock song. It's yeah. unbelievable. I got a yeah. lot of catching up to get, do oh. you guys oh, yeah. for it's next time. One of, the, one of the very few films that has a Led Zeppelin. Song, even though it's not played, the guy sings Tangerine in the bathroom in the shower. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Before you know, Jason just squashes his Did he head. Get night cheesed on that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, my, as far as recommendations out, out of, outside of the ones, I mean, for me, if I saw a slasher flick, I, it would have to be campy. I'm not. I don't have this desire really to go back. But I watched Black Christmas leading into this. And Joe, you mentioned off on an email thread, they're like, is there anything joyful about that? No, it is not. But like, what (laughs) scares me is feeling, you know, the campiness takes me out of the horror. Like, it brings me out, like, Mm -hmm. I am watching a cheesy horror movie or a slasher flick or whatever. But like, there's nothing, they don't try to be overly campy in that movie. Obviously, there's stuff that is, but it's... So is it scary? It's scary. I mean, movies like that creep me out. Like, seeing, like, can I be in that situation? Like, the villain... um, Yeah, I I mean, if you guys... I'm going to watch it tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, it is definitely... It it definitely creeps me out. As as far as, like, that and, like, the original Amityville horror, that those type of films where, you know, I I had a Christian background when when I was a a kid, upbringing and all that, and, um, like, those movies, Amityville Horror, Exorcist, those movies will, like... Yeah. I will go back and watch those occasionally, but I I stay away from them because I know it'll put me back in that place where I feel vulnerable and I feel scared. Because Satan was the scariest of all. He was the scariest. (laughs) I am right there with you. The scariest thing ever to me actually was Demon Possession. Yeah. When I was younger, because I was a church kid, too, and Uh, I'm like, oh, man, that scares the crap out of me. Those freaking left-behind movies, man. If you want to watch something scary, where the... The freaking guillotine. They just start guillotining people like crazy. Is that a verb, guillotining? I don't know, man. (laughs) It is now, now, man. (laughs) You know what scared me when I was a kid was not monsters. Satan certainly did. But not monsters or or stuff like that. It was uh, a human being coming into my house. Sure. Like that's what – and I didn't watch a lot of these. It's funny. Maybe it was just the unknown. But like my nightmares were someone coming through my bedroom window to kill me. Yeah, and it was not a monster. It was like a man. Right. I agree. That's usually scarier. Though I will say, it's funny that you had me on here to talk about slashers. I would say, overall, I really prefer supernatural horror to yeah. to slasher movies. Like, I uh, my favorite kinds of horror movies are like good monsters and ghosts. Yeah. Oh, interesting. The the remake of Maniac. I don't know if you seen that. No. Oh, have, have you seen that? Mm-mm. I was going to see that because I read about it recently that. The, uh, the entire movie is POV. It is. As, as and you, I heard it's really pretty fucked up and disconcerting. Yeah, you don't see um, Elijah Wood as, as the villain, and it's from his point of view, and you see his his reflection in mirrors and stuff yeah. like that. But it's all from his point of view, and the 80s, 1980 version is, 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 is good as well. But that movie, I walked away like they're really – I don't – think there, as far as I can remember, there isn't any camp at all, but it freaked the hell out of me. I was like, this is, you know, Elijah Wood nailed it as far as what he did in it. And um, uh, it was was definitely, definitely creepy. Maniac the remake. What about you, Annie? Um, Well, if you're looking for something that's kind of more uh, fun, then definitely uh, (laughs) (laughs) Scream and um, Cabin in the Woods, The Final Girls. There's actually a movie called that. Um, I like Happy Death Day. If you're looking for something terrible, but you want to see a a hilarious ending in Jack Black with dreadlocks. I still know what you did last summer. Oh, yeah. Which oh, includes wow. one of the, my favorite endings ever because, spoiler, like, the the killer sh- apparently should have been obvious based on his name the whole time. And I love how at the end when they reveal it, they do it in a way like, you dummy, didn't you realize? Like, <laughs> his Mr. name was Mr. Benson. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to be like, his name was Jimmy Slasher or something. No, no. So that's why it's funny is because, oh, I was supposed to get it right. because yeah. it's the son of Ben from the oh, first movie. Okay. That's hilarious. Ben's, oh, Ben's son. Does Freddie Prince Jr. Slasher. come back in the second he does, one? He does. Oh, boy. And you, they... 
definitely set it up in a way where you're supposed to think it's him, which I oh, really right. appreciate because oh. you never think it's they didn't succeed in that. In that that <laughs> guy is just perpetually a deer in headlights. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. the wide eyes throughout those movies he's oh yeah. <laughs> the surprise never stops yeah he's just constantly like I'm here I gotta see those too yeah uh, alright well this was a lot of fun you guys I feel like we could do like four more of these and have a good time but uh, two is gonna have to do it for this year um, uh, I, I think we should all close out by saying a curse word because uh, none of you are cursing. You're allowed to on the show. <laughs> I've been cursing. So, Annie, let's hear one. Fuck. All right. Joe? Bastard. All right. Ramsey? Horseshit. Ah, yes. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good way to finish it out. <laughs> uh, and we will see everyone uh, next Halloween. And let's just keep these roundtables going. This is a lot of fun. Awesome. All awesome. right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for having us. Bye. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com.